Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 147. The motto of the program has sort of always been that we're just trying to develop, you know, really good uh, human beings, really good teenagers, and if they become better kayakers, then that's just a bonus. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about! Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to The Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to the Art of Awesome podcast. I am your host, Nick Troutman, and this is the show where we search for that secret sauce to success and the difference between the average and the awesome. Today, we've got another phenomenal interview, and it was a really fun conversation for me because I got to sit down with one of my longest, yeah, probably probably longest best friends or either way, uh, one of my best friends and longest friends, um, got to sit down and talk with Joel Kowalski all about how we got into kayaking together, the Keener program that we both kind of grew up in as well as how it has turned into, you know, arguably, I'm probably a little bit biased on it, but arguably the world's best, uh, youth development program and kind of what that's all about as well as kind of just the branding or rebranding the addition, the move of Wilderness Tours and the National Whitewater Center up on the Ottawa River in Canada. So all sorts of fun stuff. We talk about the events that are happening there. And yeah, just a really fun conversation and can't wait to share it with you guys. So let's wait no longer and jump right into it. Here is Joel Kowalski. Well, Joel, first off, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. It's been a long time coming and something that we've been talking about doing for some time. So stoked to finally get you on the show. Great to be here. Long time listener, first time caller. (laughs) <laughs> awesome. Well, you and I actually uh, grew up together. Uh, you were the best man in my wedding, and you single-handedly are probably the reason why I got into kayaking in the first place. Um, so kind of tell us a little bit about your story, how you got into kayaking, um, how we kind of got into kayaking together, and where that took you up to uh, where you are today. Sure. So. Well, you and I both grew up in a small town called Beechburg. Um, you in the town, myself just a little bit outside the town. Um, but Beechburg is the town closest to the Ottawa River, the whitewater section up near Ottawa in Canada. Um, I grew up, uh, you know, within sight of the river. My dad started a company there called Wilderness Tours. Uh, it was the first rafting company on the Ottawa River. Um, quickly grew into uh, a fairly large operation. It's, uh, it's a resort with rafting, with kayaking, had a bungee tower, main lodge, restaurant, all kinds of stuff going on. Um, and so I grew up, uh, you know, at a young age, starting to do some pretty low level work around the resort, grass cutting, shoveling gravel, all that kind of stuff. I didn't really get into paddling until 
I don't know, I think I was eight or nine. And, uh, at, you know, around those ages, you and I had hung out a couple times uh, as a function of just our parents having worked together. Your dad worked at Wilderness Tours uh, for a while and yeah. our parents were just friends and we'd see each other. Um, but then uh, I remember it, uh, you know, you and I would play hockey together. And then uh, what was it at the end of one of the seasons? I was like, all right, I'll see you later, Nick. I'm, I don't think I'll see you much this summer. I'm going to be kayaking. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we had, I think we had been snowboarding and skiing together too. And it was like, whatever it was one winter between hockey and snowboarding and skiing, um, we had hung out a fair amount. And then you were like, yeah, I'm probably not gonna be able to hang out much this summer. I'm going to go try out this kayak school. And I was like, oh, bummer. Yeah. So, so, you know, roughly around age 10, 11, 12, that's, that's when I started getting into it. You started coming along and, uh, Yo, we would do some, we'd basically get thrown into some of the kayak school classes that were going on at Ottawa Kayak School. And uh, then around age, it was probably around age 13, um, my dad wanted to revive something called the Keener program, which back before our time was more of a work uh, a work program for young staff at wellness tours where they would basically sign on to work for a summer often in the dish pit or on maintenance and they would be paid up front in whitewater kayaking gear so they could kayak all summer while they're not working and then they would just work it off through the summer um, that program existed for a while then kind of went away and then when you and i sort of were becoming young teenagers my dad had been wanting to restart this thing anyways. Uh, and he also was actively looking for a way to keep you and I out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> which was, which was necessary. Yeah, fair. Um, and, uh, so he wanted to, uh, revive the Keener program, but he wanted to create a little bit more structure around it and actually kind of turn it into a summer kayaking program which he did. So that's, that's when you and I started out in the first years of the modern Keener program. Uh, there were other, other people who showed up pretty early. Uh, Raph Ortiz was like in our first year as well. And Thomas Farron and a bunch of other, other people. And it grew, uh, you know, slowly at first and then very quickly. Um, and, you know, we were both, in the program as students for a while. And then, uh, you know, as we got closer and closer to age 18, we started coaching it. Um, I would get uh, thrown into a bunch of other work positions at Wilderness Tours, safety kayaking, uh, video boating. Uh, and then, you know, we'd, we'd come back and teach Keener program as well a lot. Uh, and then after that, um, I started guiding a lot of rafts once I turned 18, um, continued teaching kayaking, continued kayaking a lot. You and I spent a lot of time through our 20s traveling the world kayaking together, which was a lot of fun. Um, we'd go to competitions, we'd go to expeditions, all kinds of stuff. Um, and then uh, surely, uh, you know, as time went on, I definitely got... Uh, you know, more and more involved with wilderness tours, the responsibility of helping, uh, run that place, you know, 
definitely started taking over. So I started leading raft trips and um, helping with, you know, the general running of the company. Um, and, you know, at this point today, um, I'm our river operations manager. So I run basically uh, our water program, make sure that all of everything that happens on the river is happening, you know, safely and on time and our guests are having fun. I help a lot with uh, general operation and um, our current development, which is a whole other thing that's going on. And yeah, that's, that's basically what I'm doing these days. Awesome. Well, there's a whole bunch in there and your story that I want to kind of unpack. Um, a lot of it, obviously I'm, I'm fairly familiar with being that, you know, I, I was a, a, at least a part of a lot of it, uh, especially in the, I don't know, 14 to 25, 30 range, somewhere in there where we would be doing lots of different trips together. I think you and I actually, we went on our, my first ever international kayak trip. We went to Australia for the pre-worlds back in, what was that? 2004. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, doing like first ascents of the Rio Halasingo with Rafa and with Benny Marr, um, with some of the, with some of the local Mexican guys, Iker and Bruno, I think was, was there for that as well. Um, and then even, I mean, still to the, to today, like I was just, uh, what was it last week in Hawaii with you, uh, paddling some awesome rivers and waterfalls. We, it was a little bit low. And I we miss like... you. I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, uh, water uh... level has, has been low, but, uh, as you dragged us out there for low water, you definitely, uh, you know, made us all uh, realize and remember that low water is still a lot of fun. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, I think uh, what was the first day we were paddling? It was 15 CFS and we we're just like scraping down. And, and ironically, the, the river still um, holds pretty well. Like I, it channelizes and especially a couple of the, the bigger rapids, they're still super fun at mind-blowingly low levels of 15 CFS. Yeah. Uh, but going going back to a bit to the to the keener days, um, obviously, I think we both probably have a lot of fond memories. Um, but kind of explain a little bit what the keener program is to, to today, because it's a little bit different and it has evolved since the beginning. Um, both the original program back when they were, you know, trading essentially work for upfront kayak gear and the ability to learn to kayak, which is that alone is a pretty cool concept. And I almost encourage more people out there, like just thinking about that. I'm like, man, I wonder if we could go to like all the different high schools of, uh, of the nation or something like that. And just like encourage teachers to do something like that, whether any sort of outdoor program, whether, you know, be biking or kayaking or, or rafting or climbing or whatever, but total sidetrack as my brain just gets like shiny object syndrome. But, um, tell us a little bit about what the Keener program is now, because I almost think of it as more of like a, I think your dad actually was the one that explained it to me where he's like, it's a youth development program, not a kayak camp, but yeah, kind of. That's, that's right. Yeah. So the Keener program is, uh, a youth development through kayaking program. Um, so, um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, there's a weekly public speaking night. There's a weekly ropes and knots, uh, and vertical training night. There's, um, photo and video development skills. There's, um, all kinds of stuff like the, uh, the coaches, uh, actually, you know, get all of the 
all the students in a very sort of uh, structured way. There are daily chores around the common spaces. Um, you know, no one goes kayaking until everything is clean. That's, that's a big thing. So the kitchen, your rooms, the common spaces, the grounds, everything. Um, and not just organized, but like there's no garbage anywhere. It's, it's clean. Um, the, uh, there's also like the, the swift water, swift water rescue and CPR classes. And that's, that's right. Yeah. All of that. Um, and then also on the water, like there's a ton of training on the water. Um, so just by the nature of the program, we get uh, a lot of great coaches who've come through. Uh, Stephen Wright is still the head coach and does an incredible, incredible job with the program. Like there's literally no one better to run the program. Um, and he was running it when, when you and I were in it. Um, yeah. So he does a great job. We've got other awesome people. Clay Wright is often there. Uh, Caleb Grady, Tyler Curtis. Uh, but we've had a lot of, a lot of really awesome people come through yourself. Uh, Dane Jackson, Rush Sturges, uh, Claire O'Hara. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to list them all, but really, really good list of coaches who all uh, really appreciate the youth development side of the program on top of obviously the great whitewater kayaking to be had. Um, but there's freestyle focus days, there's creaking days, there's racing days, there's days where the students organize the competitions. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a great program. It's, it's a lot packed into, uh, you know, a three week program. Some students stay longer, but it's three weeks usually. Um, but we get students from all over the world, um, you know, from all over the Canada and U S but literally from everywhere, Korea, Japan, all over Europe, South America, Africa. It's, it's a pretty interesting program uh, and it draws yeah, kids from all over the world. Yeah. It's, it's, it's truly is an incredible program and obviously kind of along with you kind of, you know, taking my career and, and growing up and learning from it, but also um, kind of staying with it and teaching and coaching. I see so much incredible development, both like on water, obviously. I mean, you get a lot of the best coaches in the world and, and the kids just, you know, blossom and, and foster with their on water skills. Um, but also like the focus on safety, the focus on uh, technique, the focus on just the different on water skills like racing and freestyle and, um, and creek boating and playboat and like just everything. But then the development off water is almost the more amazing part, the fact that we do like the, you know, the speech night, the for like having the kids have their um, responsibilities of like doing dishes, cleaning, different things like that. It, it really is like the perfect kind of teenage summer camp where I've heard so many parents say like, oh yeah, I sent my kids to a kayak camp and they came back as like, you know, with a youth development program or like, just like so many kids learn so much beyond just the paddling. And, uh, yeah, for me, that's, that's arguably, arguably the, the coolest part to witness is to see these kids really kind of take on their own and, and really grow into themselves. Cause that teenage era is such a delicate time frame for all of us where we're kind of trying to figure out 
who we are, where we fit into this world and, and, you know, the space of whether it be society or their friend circle or what. Um, so yeah, just a phenomenal program. And, uh, I can't wait to, to, you know, put my kids into it for sure. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, the motto of the program has sort of always been that we're just trying to develop, you know, really good, uh, human beings, really good teenagers. And if they become better kayakers, then that's just a bonus. I love that. That's awesome. And yeah, for anybody out there who is either, you know, a teenager or is a parent that has, uh, that has teens, I highly encourage you guys to check out the Keener program. Cause again, I, I grew up through it. I went through the program. I've coached it countless years. Um, and it really is like the best, the best of the best youth development, as well as the fact that the kids get extremely good at kayaking. It's kind of my, like, I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you how many kids they're just like, Oh, I want to learn how to air screw. And then they like learn in a day. And I'm like, okay, well, just so you know, this, it's not normal to learn these skills, uh, in just a single day, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So as, uh, you know, obviously you're, you're a big part of this family business that is wilderness tours and stuff like that. But I kind of want to learn a little bit more. You guys just did a, a location change. And so kind of explain a little bit behind um, the reason for the change, maybe some of the things that made it harder to switch locations, some of the the kind of pros or the awesome you know things that make it so much better. And yeah, kind of tell us a little bit about the new spot. Sure. So Anyone who's been to wilderness tours uh, or auto kayak school in the past uh, probably remembers our property, uh, our resort on a big wide open lake um, with a big sort of barn looking lodge, bungee tower out front. Um, so that location was about, uh, you know, eight kilometers, about four or five miles downstream at the end of the rapids. Uh, about five or six years ago at this point, um, one of the other rafting companies on the river called River Run uh, was going up for sale. Uh, um, and we bought it uh, and bought it with the intention to move to that location because they were located right at the bottom of the rapids, right where all of the channels of the Ottawa come back together. And then you turn a corner to the right, big bay, really the ultimate location uh, on the river from a paddler's perspective, what, whether you're rafting or kayaking, but whatever, you finish the rapids and there's your, there's your home right there. So uh, always bought it with the intention to move. Um, and we were planning on, you know, taking a long time to do the move, like 10 plus years, because it's very complicated. There's so many factors in moving an entire resort operation. Um, you know, we got food service, lodging activities. We have so much development already at our old existing resort site. And there's so much that we wanted to do at the new site to sort of bring it up to the standard that we, uh, aim for. And then, uh, and then COVID came around in, uh, you know, shut the world down in March, 2020. And we were at a crossroads as far as the decision. And we were like, well, uh, do we just hang tight and wait this thing out? Or do we just 
turn and burn and start developing this new site now, even if it's way sooner than we thought. And even if we get to open this year, uh, it'll probably only be for a short while. Uh, it's going to be kind of easier out of that new location anyways. So that's the decision we made. And uh, we sort of never looked back. We just started and we did get to operate in 2020 for about, I think it was like seven weeks, ten or seven weeks, eight weeks. It was short season, but uh, you know, the new location had an existing open air pavilion. Um, being right at the takeout, we would only have to bus one way. So for all these reasons, it was logistically easier in the world of COVID. It was uh, easier as we didn't fall into a bunch of closed space regulations. All of the spaces were open space, so that made it easier. Um, so anyways, we're only about uh, a year and a half into the development of our new resort site, which I'm pretty excited about. There's going to be a lot of really cool things happening there. It's going to take time, but uh, we're, we're starting. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we got to, we got to come park uh, our RV and, and camper and truck and trailer there this fall. I think it was early, end of September, early October, something like that. I think it was early October when we were filming um, one of the episodes for our TV show and we got to hang out a lot together there. But the new location just being right at the bottom of the rapids and essentially being at the takeout is so ideal. Like the, the fact that you can just finish the run and then just walk up to your, you know, your campsite is, is so rad and have the, the bar and the restaurant and everything there. What, uh, you, you're also kind of going through a little bit. I don't know if it's, if you guys consider it a rebranding or what, but adding the, what is it? Canadian national whitewater park. How, what is it? The national whitewater park. So it's a, um, uh, not to be confused with a, a Canada national park. We call it the national whitewater park. Um, and one of, uh, one of my dad's missions over his career was to keep the whitewater section of the Ottawa river, uh, pristine. It's only an hour from Ottawa the of Canada, um, and he knew just that with the increased popularity of that section of river, that it wasn't going to be long before, as he calls it, that the river is loved to death, that, uh, you know, cottage development and all kinds of stuff starts lining the banks and you lose the, uh, the wilderness feel. And when you go down the Ottawa, I mean, you know, it, it you really feel like you're on a real remote river trip. Yeah. Um, but you know, you're, you're actually not that far away from civilization. I mean, there's, there's towns nearby, there's major cities nearby, uh, but you would never know it uh, because over the course of dad's career, every time a parcel came up for sale that bordered the rapids, he would buy it. And at this point it's become uh, fairly significant. The amount of property that he's been able to acquire for preservation around the rapids, it's at about 5,000 acres. And wow. so the concept of the national whitewater park is, uh, it, it's, it's a direction, um, to sort of embody that mission. Yeah. So, uh, uh, we definitely are still wilderness tours, you know, we still operate under that name, but there is an extra layer of what we're trying to do on the river that it is not just a resort where you go rafting, but it's actually, uh, this 
this park that we're trying to put together. It's not um, all the way there yet. There's still, um, you know, some things to think through, but that's sort of the direction. Yeah. I, it's so interesting to me what your dad has actually been able to do, you know, from back in the day when it was just like a vision, um, coming to the auto river and being like, Oh, maybe we could like, you know, raft this and then, you know, through the eighties up to where we are today. But the idea that I've never heard that before where he says, uh, where it could be, you know, the river could be loved to death because for me, I dude, I want a, a cottage, you know, right on the river for sure. And I know so many people that would. And, and the idea that he is buying up property to preserve the river is, is somewhat unique and also quite incredible in the sense that it, it truly does preserve it. But you hear that more with, you know, like, you know, a government or state agency or, or provincial agency or something like that, like for a private... Not, it- it's not without trying to go down that road. So right. actually back in the early eighties, uh, dad approached all of the major park, uh, authorities in Ontario and in Canada. He went to the national parks of Canada and everyone liked the idea. Uh, they would just tell him like, it's a little difficult because, uh, you know, it is on a, it's on a border. It's right on the border between Ontario and Quebec. Um, it's uh, fr- from the uh, point of view of a typical national park, it doesn't quite fit the criteria of the amount of space that they're looking for when it comes to conservation is one of the things they've said. Um, and so anyways, uh, basically they said no, uh, but uh, that didn't really stop dad. He just said, well, then I'm going to do it myself. And so that's what he's been doing for the last so awesome. 30, 30 plus years. Yeah. That's super cool. I, I definitely, I love the idea of mainly because that's maybe just how my mind works where it's like, if somebody tells me no more often than not, I'm like, well, I'm going to just figure out a way that I can do it anyway. And so I think that's super cool that he's been able to do that. And, and I also applaud the fact that that he is preserving it out of his own, you know, capital out of his own pocket. Um, because for me, like if it was up to me and I was, you know, buying a ton of property on the river, I'd be developing that and selling it. I mean, it or, or renting it or something like a hundred percent I would. Um, so the fact that he's, you know, preserving that is, is super cool. Um, and kind of, I guess, as you guys continue to grow into this more park, um, resort or, you know, evolve from just rafting and, and kayaking and paddle sports kind of, where do you see it growing? Are you guys going to, you know, take a stronger stance in, in, you know, biking and trails or hiking or kind of what does the, the 10 year vision look like for the national whitewater park? Yeah. I mean, uh, a bunch of the stuff that you just listed, definitely. Um, the new location on top of being, uh, way better for rafting and kayaking, our core activities. Um, it also puts us right within walking distance, really right out your front door, um, accessing a lot of the most spectacular wild parts of the river. Um, so definitely, uh, we're developing all kinds of trails for trail hiking, for mountain biking. Um, we're also 
not only are we at the end of the bigger parts of whitewater, um, but we're also right at the start of what's called the lower channel. And the lower channel is like beautiful class two, three. So uh, it's it's really a beautiful section for canoeing, for stand-up paddle boarding, for even just like easy sort of lazy river floating, tubing. Uh, so in terms of outdoor activities, we're going to be branching out into all kinds of stuff. Um, and then uh, as far as our resort development goes too, we don't have it totally figured out yet, but uh, there's definitely more things we want to add to the resort just because the location I would say is, is uh, simply, it's a nicer view. Like it's a, it's a beautiful location. Uh, the bay at the end of the rapids there is like in this beautiful valley. It's sort of like, they're not mountains, but they're definitely like large rolling landscape. Um, so, you know, definitely adding accommodations, probably adding other uh, resort amenities, uh, things to do to rest and relax and have fun. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that'll, that'll take a couple of years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as they say, Rome wasn't, uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. And I can imagine if you're going to continue to, yeah, Continue to expand in a larger aspect. It'll it'll take some time, but I'm excited to see where you guys go from here. Uh, I definitely love that location and the fact that you can just you know take out, walk up the hill, grab a, a burger and a beer or something like that is is pretty rad. And and like what you said, the views alone are are incredible. Yeah, I mean that it truly is. Uh, you know the paddling equivalent of a um base village at a ski resort like i don't know uh maybe you do but i don't know of any other sort of river experience where you have all these multiple channels that you can go down that all finish at one place and then there's a base resort right there like i don't think that there's many other places you could do it I think that it's uh, it's pretty neat and sort of that's that's the sort of vision going forward is that's that's you know that's the uh, that's the base village that's the that's the beating heart of where it all happens that's uh, gonna be pretty cool that's super cool I'm excited and uh, I'm gonna continue trying to find property whether your dad will sell it to me or not I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to have to build a cottage up there somewhere uh, that are, or just park my RV as a, as a permanent spot. But um, you guys are also, aren't you? I think I just saw an announcement like a couple days ago that you guys are hosting um, team trials there as well, right? For this coming summer. So um, that's right. So team trials for the 2023 World Championships in Columbus, Georgia, USA. Uh, the Canadian team trials are going to be happening on the Ottawa River. Uh, I think it's the third weekend of August this this summer. So that's going to be uh, pretty cool. Um, I think that the Columbus Worlds is going to be a lot of fun. I know a lot of people are going to want to go. So yeah, third third weekend of August, Ottawa River, twenty twenty two. Yeah, well, I'll... and on top of that, we're going to be hosting some other cool events uh, the exact same time frame. We're going to be doing a, a freestyle competition uh, just for, you know, that's open for, for everybody as well. 
uh, but we're also going to be bringing in a uh, extreme slalom head-to-head motocross event as well. Sick. I know that you've been talking to me about that when we were there this fall. Have you guys uh, picked a location for it yet for the race? Yeah, it's it's almost certainly going to be at the Lauren, um, or the alternate location would be the Norman's Coliseum. Both are perfect venues. Um, considering the freestyle events are going to be happening up the Lorne and it's kind of the easier place to, uh, you know, access and spectate and all of that stuff. That's, that will probably be the location for that. That's cool. Yeah. And you guys, uh, obviously you've got a ton of history, uh, hosting events in that Lorne area. You've done, I don't even know, countless amounts of national championships, uh, team trials. And what was it? The 2015 world championships at Garb? Was that right? Do I have my dates right? Before that, the 2007 World Championships on Bus Eater. Right. And then, yeah, uh, more recently, the 2015 World Championships on Garburator. Yeah, both two of my favorite events, favorite World Championships. I've also done... uh... Still arguably one of my favorites. Probably I'm a little biased, but when I won in Tune, you were in finals with me there in Switzerland. So who knows? Maybe maybe we'll recreate that uh, a similar finals round uh, in Columbus, Georgia next year. And excited. Yeah, perfect. I'm excited to... Uh, Excited to do some more wave events, and uh, I love competing up on the Ottawa, and uh, also love competing side-by-side side with you, so whether it be head-to-head in the boat or cross, or extreme slalom, depending on you know whatever terminology we go with, uh, or whether it be in the freestyle, excited to, to go head-to-head with you, so that'll be rad, but Joel, I love hearing um, all about your stories, what kind of, what you're up to nowadays, and love getting the refresher on what you and your family is building with uh, the National Whitewater Park. I'm excited to get back up there this summer, and I've got to, I'm continually trying to uh, twist your dad's arm and somehow find property. So maybe maybe somewhere I'll 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 be buying something sooner than later. But I'm going to move us on to the next segment of the show that I call the fire round. And I'm going to fire a couple quick questions off uh, that I ask all of my guests. Though before we continue with the show, I want to take a little bit of time to talk about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work towards your goals at the pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noon Weight users finish the program and more than 60% of users that engage with the program keep the weight off for a year or more. So start building habits for healthier, long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. 
Does your skin ever get the winter blues, feeling dry or dehydrated? It might be time to try Whey Melrose Place Body Cream. Fast absorbing to nourish your skin when you need it most. It hydrates your skin and prevents dryness. It has high quality nourishing ingredients like squalene, kukuasu butter, and coconut oil. So if you want to hydrate your skin and get rid of those winter blues, experience the new Way Melrose Place Body Cream and Body Cleanser. Your body, your way. Go to theway.com. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. And use code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at theway.com. Dot com code believe. Now let's get back to our fire round. Um, Joel, do you have a favorite quote or a current quote that you live by? Hmm. You know, I probably do, but off the top of my head, I'm not sure I do. Um, maybe something will come to me. Let's okay. go to the next one. <laughs> next one. Um, do you have a favorite book or a current book that you're reading? Ooh, favorite book. Um, I would say that the book that uh, impacted me the most, just in terms of my personal uh, development, definitely as it related to uh, you know starting to learn how to how to run the business. Uh, it's a book by Niall Ferguson called "The Ascent of Money," and it's a history book. And it is a book about the history of the development of the concept of money, money and credit and debt. And, um, you know, because it's a very strange, complicated world. And yeah. uh, that book really, um, really opened my eyes as to where it came from, what it means, you know, why we don't just barter for things, uh, yeah. why, uh, you know, why the, uh, why the interest rate, you know, matters so much and why it matters that it goes up and down and um, the various cycles and types of money. And anyways, it, it, it really defines our world. And a lot of people don't know how it works, but The Ascent of Money, great book. The Ascent of Money. I, I listened to that on, uh, on Audible, and uh, I think I'm going to have to get the physical book and maybe do a, another reread. I, I read... Um... Recently, due to your encouragement, um, Ray Dalio's book, the what is it, the rise, the rise and fall? No, it's called rise, the Changing World Order. Changing World Order. That's what it is. I was thinking uh, his his previous um, book. Principles is the other one you're probably thinking of. Yeah, um, but yeah, Changing World Order also really good. Talks a little bit about um, kind of. He touches on the fact of, you know, the rise of um, different currencies and fall. And anyway, it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, thanks for encouraging me on that book as well. But I'm going to have to go pick up uh, The Ascent of Money. Um, Joel, what might be a lesson that you've learned recently, whether it be through a mistake or through success? Hmm. A mistake of learning. Um, or success. It doesn't have to be or, a mistake. Or, su or success. Um, trust your gut. Trust your gut. Ironically, I just did an interview um, yesterday about trusting your gut and intuition and stuff like that. And, and I think it's so... Uh, 
underrated uh, how how often that we get you know some sort of intuition or intuitive uh, signal and and how I think maybe due to society we we don't trust it because it's hard to measure and to figure out where this is coming from. But yeah, trusting your gut and intuition, it's a powerful thing for sure. Okay. Joel, what might be a piece of advice that you would give yourself if you were to go back in time um, and essentially give any piece of advice to a younger version or a younger self? Hmm. I think that... uh... A good piece of advice to a younger self uh, would be get excited about learning earlier. Mm. Yeah, because uh, I would say that I didn't really get excited about learning um, probably until I was, uh, you know, almost done college. You know, it really took me a while to be excited about it. And uh, I don't know if you know, maybe just because of age or whatever, there is a way to do it, but that would be it. No, I, I love that piece of advice. And we were down in Mexico one time on, on one of our expeditions or trips or something like that. And this was after we had finished high school. And I think you were already done college. I didn't go to college. I went kayaking instead. And so, um, but you were, you were like doing YouTube videos. I think it was Khan Academy or something like that. And, and I remember thinking like, what are you watching and why are you learning? Like what, like, what are you learning and what are you doing? And, and I think it was you that actually gave me the first time you're like, well, I'm just trying to learn some stuff that I didn't learn in school. And, and I thought to myself like, oh, that's such an interesting thought of like, we should be continuing to learn and educate ourselves after school. Do you know what I mean? I think so many of us, myself very much included, like school's done. Cool. Now you go get a job and, and you know, like you, you live your life or whatever. But I think there's so much left to learn, obviously. I mean, there's, it's still, it, there's another quote that I saw at, I remember it was, I think it was in the A-frame and it went uh, something along the lines of like, the older I get, the more I know that I truly knew nothing when I knew it all. Something along those lines. I'm, I'm, I, I remember that. And maybe, maybe I'll use that as my quote that yeah. I live by. But it, it was, the older I grow, the more I recall how little I knew when I knew it all. Yes. Yeah. And, and pretty, good, pretty good one. It's, it's an amazing quote. And it really is, um, it's, it's thought provoking because even in my younger days, I would see that quote and I'd be like, huh, okay, yeah, I kind of get it. But truly, the older I get, the more that that quote is... It, it rings true. And um, the more that I think about it, even like the more books that I read, the more that I learn, the more that I truly realize how little I know. And so I love that advice of to a younger self, get excited about learning. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Amazing advice. So Joel, we were just hanging out in Hawaii. We both have uh, young families. Yours is is younger than mine. You've got a little boy, Nelson, who's super rad. I think he just he t- turned one recently, right? Year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you've done all these amazing things. Uh, you know, we've traveled the world. You've competed. Um, you've won, you know, plenty of national championships. You're You're helping your family with this amazing business that you guys have. Although if today was your last day on earth and everything that you've done up to now, 
was to go away with you. All of these awards, all of the accomplishments, all of the business, everything was to, to disappear. And all that you were left with was a piece of paper and a pen. And you could leave three truths. These could be three truths to your son, Nelson, to your family, um, to friends, to advice to the next generations. What would those three truths be? Mm, wow, that's a good one. Um, well, number one would be that I love you. Number two would be, uh, you know, trust yourself. And number three would be keep going. I love that. Amazing advice. Thank you so very much, Joel, for sharing all of your wisdom, your stories, uh, the advice. And I can't wait to, uh, to get back together with you and do some more paddling. Something that I try to do as much as I can with all the guests on my show is to provide value because you have been providing so much value for myself and for all of our listeners. So Joel, is there something that you are currently focusing on that I might be able to help you out with or possibly even my listeners? Mm. Well, I think that, uh, you know, the main thing is uh, this summer when uh, it comes time to go paddling on the Ottawa, one, I want you to come paddling with me. So that's how you can help me out. Will do. Uh, but also this event that we're throwing at the end of the summer in late August, definitely would love, uh, you know, people to come on out. So I think that uh, people are ready to start going back to paddling events. And, uh, you know, there's no better time to start over and start, start a new tradition than this summer. So come on out and, you know, let's do some freestyle paddling. Let's do some racing. Let's have some, have some fun. Let's listen to some music and, uh, yeah, come on out, uh, in August to the Ottawa river. Well, I will be there in full force and I'll be bringing as many friends and family as I can. And it sounds like it's going to be a good time. So I'm excited for it. And, uh, yeah, I'll put the, I, what I, I saw the event dates exactly. I think it's like August, I don't know, August something I'll, I'll look up and I'll have August 20 something. It's around okay. there. Yeah, I'll, I'll find the, the exact dates and I'll put them in the show notes for everybody. But definitely highly encourage you guys, wherever you are, come out to the Ottawa River this summer. It'll be a good time. We're going to have an awesome event and excited to, uh, to paddle with everybody. Um, for all of the people out there, Joel, that might want to follow along, uh, continue to take part in following your journey, what might be the best place for someone to reach out or connect with you? Um. At the current moment, probably just Instagram. Uh, my handle's at Joel Kowalski. Um, I don't post too much online, but uh, maybe I'll start more. Uh, and then if you're interested in following Wilderness Tours and what we're doing, uh, just go to our website, wildernesstours.com and you know, sign up for our, for our newsletter. We're always releasing all this cool new stuff that we're, uh, that we're putting on through there. Awesome. So there you guys have it. Definitely check out Joel on Instagram. And if you guys haven't already, go ahead and uh, sign up for the Wilderness Tours newsletter. Final question of the day for you, Joel. What is your definition of awesome? Ooh, my definition of awesome is uh, having a uh, great time with your family and doing all kinds of fun stuff along the way. 
That truly is awesome. And we just finished up a couple awesome weeks hanging out with both of our families together. Uh, and yeah, it was just an amazing, amazing time. And I look forward to getting together again this summer. So thank you so very much for your time today, Joel. I hope uh, my listeners got as much value out of this as I did personally. If you guys did get some value out of this show, please, if you guys could share this out with a friend, a family member, throw it up on your social media. If you guys want to encourage more people to come with us and join the events up on the Ottawa this summer. Also, if you guys could do me personally a huge favor and leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast app that you're listening to this show on, that would be greatly appreciated and it'll take very little time. And again, I will be extremely thankful. So thank you guys so very much for tuning in, for listening. And as always, I'm signing off and wishing you all a truly awesome day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.